Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. This had to have happened about 10 years ago. I think I was about 27, and I'm a female for background information. My boyfriend at the time was in a band, and we stayed in this converted garage. Not really converted, it was still very much a garage. Concrete walls, damp, but we made do. It was also on a service lane, it's like a street that has businesses down it, and the back of houses. He had come home very early that morning, and gone straight to bed. His bandmate was living in a bus at the time, which was parked out the front, as they stored the gear next to our flat in another garage. I woke up at around 5am, hearing screams, mainly from a woman, but also very aggressive shouting from a man. Think along the lines of, I'm going to kill you, and so on. The area we were in was not the nicest, although now the area is hot property, not far from the beach boutique shops, etc. But this was coming from a house that I thought was condemned. Two stories, dilapidated, torn curtains, rotten wood, and about five broken down cars in the front yard that had been picked apart. Turns out that someone was living there the whole time. I woke up and went straight to the front door, saw a man stomping around a parked car on the side of the road, chasing a woman in her pajamas threatening to kill her all the while. She was screaming, crying, and pleading for her life. Out of instinct, I screamed something like, Oi, what the f*** is going on over there? I'm going to call the cops. They both stopped and looked at me, in my pajamas, standing near my door, barefoot. The man had a full leather jacket, pants and boots, half a face tattoo, And even though he was across the street, I could see the whites of his eyes. He was obviously on something and furious. I'm going to kill you too, he shouted back at me, and motion cutting of the neck with his thumb. When he had turned to me, the woman escaped to the abandoned looking house and locked the door behind her. I, being brave and stupid, replied, come on then, as I grabbed a large plank of two by four that I kept behind the door. I found this area rather sketchy and would be at home alone a lot on the weekends. I'd never used my 2x4, but I felt better having it there. I stepped further outside with my pajamas and leopard print robe with a block of wood over my shoulder while on the phone to the police. I'm not the smallest woman in the world. I must have been around 170 pounds and 5 foot 10 inches tall. 
but I think he would have taken me out if he wanted. I think the idea of the police made him second-guess it. He got the hint and quickly took off down the street. My boyfriend nor the other bandmates stirred from their slumber. I was pretty angry at both of them. I seemed to be the only one who had the balls to do anything about this. Another lady across the road came out also, and we talked about our menfolk not doing anything about it. Her husband had stayed in bed too. Later on that week, a lady came to my house thanking me for helping her niece. That that man was some crazy, cracked-out guy that had fallen in love with her and just wouldn't take no for an answer. He had come to her house without invitation, expecting that she would welcome his drunk and drugged-out self with open arms just to get rejected. This, of course, threw him into a rage, to which he proceeded to kick and beat her while chasing her around the street. About a week later, I was told that he was arrested and taken away on my street. He was led away by police handcuffed, with a ciggy hanging out of his mouth. I was glad to hear this, as I was rather terrified that he might come back, and it's possible that I would be alone that night. Always keep your 2x4s handy, folks. So I'm going to tell you the story of my brief encounter with a man called Happy. I'm sure it wasn't his birth name, but it adds to the creepy ambiance of the story. Even though it happened around nine years ago, sometimes he still crosses my mind, especially on gloomy overcast days in L.A., just like the day that I met him. 2013, I'm working at a cannabis dispensary in Venice Beach, a block from the boardwalk. A good 30 to 40% of our patrons were unhoused people. Occasionally someone experiencing severe psychosis would try to come in, but if they were screaming or unintelligible, security wouldn't let them. If they had and presented the whole eternity of medical papers, ID, and cash, they were good to go. We had a compassion program where we'd bag up grams of shake left over from bottoms of jars and give them out completely free, one per person, per day, to just about anyone who asked. Word about this spread quickly along the boardwalk. Generally, these people would be the nicest, most polite, and considerate customers, even if they did smell a bit stinky and their money got pulled out of a sweaty sock. No one working in there would bat an eye if someone came in smelling like they'd slept on the beach for a week next to a bottle of vodka, as long as they just calmly buy their weed and be on their way like any other customer. It's a foggy, chilly day around the holidays, sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Someone had called out, so I was the only person in the back, bud tending. There was another employee at the reception and the security guard at the front door but I'm alone in the back room. There are cameras, but no one's actively watching them. This guy walks in after being checked in at the front. He's the only customer at the moment. And I swear, the whole room gets colder as he walks in. He's wearing a very worn-in, deeply faded and wrinkled, conformed to his body, floor-length duster jacket, and similarly beaten-up, wide-brimmed leather cowboy hat. It looked like he'd lived and slept in these same clothes for years. We didn't allow hats, hoods, or sunglasses in the store, so I'm surprised that security didn't make him take off his hat at least. 
This man is about 6'5", and built like a boulder. Not obese, but pick you up and toss you like a ragdoll large. The stench that comes with him is unlike anything I've ever smelt before, or since. It was beyond B.O., beyond human excrement. It smelled like actual death, as if he had raw, rotting carcasses tucked under his thick, long leather coat. I thought I had been hardened by plenty of nasty body stank before, but this was absolutely revolting, far beyond anyone who hadn't showered lately or had pissed their pants. I'm trying not to inhale very deeply, and I say, Hi, sir. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Would you mind taking off your hat? It's just store policy. Big customer service smile. What are you looking for today? He grunts deeply. He's walking very slowly, shuffling and dragging his feet. His voice sounds like he gargles with gravel, rough and wet, raw and angry. I don't take off my hat. At this point, I'm not trying to argue with this man about his hat either. Let's just get him in and out. I glance down and see he's not wearing shoes. The bit that I can see from under his coat. One of his ankles is massively purple and black, swollen and melon-sized. The bottoms of both of his feet are bloody and torn up. I realize he's leaving a slight trail of blood as he drags his ragged feet across the concrete floor of the shop. My first thought is how... And why did security let this guy come in? Second, is this guy's obviously seriously injured? And that's concerning as a human being. I'm making sure to keep the display shelf between me and this guy, but that's only about a foot of space. Like a bar. He gets to me and the staff... Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. And just get stronger. I meekly but sincerely ask, Are you alright, sir? His eyes flare up at me. What do you care? In my head, I'm like, Well, I tried. Not my chair. Not my problem. It's not my monkeys. Not my circus. Great, what can I get for you? He pulls up one of his sleeves to expose his forearm. It's covered in large round burns like from a cigar. Some old, some healed, some fresh, pussy, and infected. It's not track marks. It's very clearly burns. He also has a jagged, homemade-looking stick and poke tattoo of a smiley face, a crooked circle, two lines for the eyes, and scabbed-up curve of a smile. He points at this tattoo. Happy. My name is Happy. The rotting stink was so strong, and I needed to breathe little gasps, the least possible. I walked here. I walked all the way here from Pasadena. I say, wow, sir, that's a very long walk. Anyway, what are you looking for today? Just for you, is his only response. His eyes are dark and menacing. He's smeared with a layer of grime, like he lives in the woods, dirty. 
He doesn't look like the average crust punk or disabled veteran that you generally see on the beach. It was hard to guess his age, but he wasn't that old or young, somewhere between 30 and 50. He looked like he dragged himself here from his log cabin, like what would happen if you entangled some quantum mechanics poorly and mixed Ed Gein with an 1800s homesteader, then transported him to 2013 Venice Beach. I, of course, have never seen this man before. Once was more than enough to make him unforgettable, though. He keeps staring at me, and I move as far back as I can to the wall, hopefully out of his grasp if he lunged. I would need to walk out from behind the case and around him to get the security guard. I'm weighing my options. I decide to grab a bunch of compassion grams, then weigh out an eighth and mark it down that I'd pay for it later, and he's still just leering at me wheezing, heavy, stinking breaths. We actually have a special today, only for people who walked more than 10 miles to get here. This is all for you, on the house, of course. Thanks for stopping by. He accepts the bag, but continues to just stand there and stare at me. Thanks for coming in, Happy. It worked. He grunts a guttural noise that is far from a word and slowly turns to shuffle back towards the door. At the door, he turns back towards me and says, I'll see you later. He finally walks out, leaving plenty of his residual stench of death behind. Thank any and all of the gods I did not see happy later, or ever again. When I asked security why they let him in in the first place, he said that when he had noticed his bloody feet, and said, Hey bro, you all good? That looks like it hurts. Happy had stepped up in his face and threatened to choke him out while using a very tasteless slur. And since it was just the security guard and two 22-year-old, 120-pound girls, he wasn't trying to die tonight and figured hopefully Happy could just get his stuff and leave. He was watching the cameras in the back ready to call police and owners if anything got weird. Apparently we had different definitions of weird, but... I understood his reaction, and ultimately, we were all fine, just a bit spooked and creeped out, and now needing to clean blood off the floor with bleach and gloves, texting our bosses that he owed us free weed about it. He quickly agreed, and we were able to finish up our evening, clean up, and we all lived happily ever after. Except for Happy. That one? Well, I'm not so sure about that one. This happened about a week ago. I went on a road trip to take a friend of mine home to Colorado. He wanted to fly back, but I really wanted to go on a road trip. I live in Ohio, so we had to go through Indiana, Illinois, Missouri, and Kansas. A 22-hour road trip to get there, not including the rest stops. I'd never traveled this far before in a car. I've flown to Florida once or twice in my life but I didn't see myself getting an opportunity like this in the future. Anyway, I drive most of the way because, well, I love to drive, and no one seemed too concerned with it. The person I was taking home, Travis, said if we needed a switch, it wouldn't be a big deal. At the point where this story kicks off, I had been behind the wheel for nearly 12 hours. Maybe it was because I was tired, even though I didn't feel tired. 
but this is when the creepiest thing occurred. I needed gas, so we found a station in the middle of nowhere pretty much. It was dark aside from the lights by the pump because the service mart for the gas station had closed long ago. I was a bit creeped out by the scene, but I also wasn't concerned because I hadn't had any problems beforehand. So I get out to do my business with no issues. Now, this gas station was different than what I'm used to. To get gas, you do the usual. Select the type you want, but as soon as you pull the nozzle from the pump and into your car, you then had to pull a lever up and then start to pump the gas. It took me a while of fidgeting in order to realize this. But right as I do, I hear a voice call out from beside the closed gas station building. I don't remember exactly what it said, but if I had to guess, it was a, hey, or over here. Definitely male. But when I set the pump to where I don't have to hold the trigger, I look up and saw nothing. Again though, I was tired, so I didn't pay any special attention to it. This was a gas station deserted. But about halfway through the pumping, I hear it again. Another male voice calling out to me. Maybe he thought I was alone, because Travis was sleeping in the back and he had laid the front seat down. Stupid me didn't feel like stopping again, so I ignored it and kept pumping while looking at my phone. Next. I heard this man whistling for me, like I was a dog, and the absolute worst feeling comes over me, something I've genuinely never felt before. It was a mix of fear and oh sh**. I literally felt my stomach drop. I looked up and sure enough there was a man, dressed in a brown coat, with the hood up, and most unsettling, wearing red shorts. I don't even know how I remembered that, but... After I looked up, he let out a scream. Hey, look at me when I'm talking to you. It was so loud that my roommate lying in the back seat shot straight up, rolled the window down. You good? I heard him say. At this point, the man was speed walking towards me. But it was like, as soon as my friend made himself known, the stranger turned himself around and booked it back to the back of the building. I heard a car start from there, and gravel fly as he obviously took off. I didn't get a look at his car or van or whatever he drove, because I was admittedly frozen in place, and I think my friend knew it too. I know a lot of people try to plan for this type of stuff, especially women, like me. They have a fully thought out idea as to how to handle it, what they're going to say, where they're going to run, maybe even who to call. Even I did. But when it actually happens, we're clueless, stuck in fear. And that's what I was, stuck. I'm glad my friend let his presence be known when he did. I'm glad that I wasn't alone. After I filled up the car, he took over the drive for me. I don't know what that man wanted or why he was yelling at me or even walking towards me but I don't ever want to experience something like that ever again.